everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is the PPN Paradise Podcast Network. My name is Corey Paradise. I'm joined today by Scott Borstrom and Alfredo Garibay, just like every week. How are you guys doing this week? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Having a lot of fun this week, so I'm doing pretty good. Chilling. Just chilling? Chilling. Yeah. Yeah, nothing happened going on. You told us you went surfing today, so yeah, I tried surfing for the first time. That shit's hard. The first yeah. time you didn't tell us that. I didn't know it was your first yeah, time. No. Yeah, I've never. Do I look like I surf, bro? No. <laughs> hey, I mean, anything could happen, man. Anything could happen in the week. You just say so. you're from San Diego, and everyone just assumes that you've at least yeah, hit one were... or two waves in your lifetime. Everyone assumes you wear the old Neil. You you know you go surfing. You wear all the, like the muscle shirts and shit. If you're from San Diego, everyone just assumes that. So. I got it a lot when I had long hair. I still get it. I still get it. But, you know, that's just... I got it I got it one time for my aunt. She's like, oh, yeah, like your style. Like, it's because I have long hair. And she's like, it's very, it's very... The word she used was surfo, like in Spanish, like surfer. Over and I was head. like, and I was like, oh, cool, thanks. And she's like, it's not a good thing. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, aunt burn, dude. You fire, aunt? Cause that burned, bro. You guys remember that Rocket Power episode where everyone was surfing, and then like the one like pasty white blonde haired kid couldn't. So like the one Hawaiian guy gave him the super long board, mm-hmm. and so like everybody would have normal surfboards, but this guy always had the long board, and I was like, that was his thing. Yeah. Everyone else had their own thing, but yeah. this is this guy's thing. He's got the what long board. Hmm. Would they call him Squid? The pasty blonde kid. I think I, it was Squid. I think I it was Squid. I tell you a single name of Rocket Power. Just <laughs> <laughs> fucking Otto. That's the only one I remember. Man, you know what would be amazing? We're gonna we're gonna be talking about stuff today. It'd be amazing if they merge what we're talking about with Rocket Power, a Rocket Speak Power fighting auto. game. Aren't oh, auto dude. combos are the worst. Oh my god! <laughs> amazing segue. Incredible move. Three clap. That's what that was. Three clap. Woo. Amazing segue. That's an S. So based on those two things, we're going to be talking about fighting games today, which is a genre of games that I would say all three of us are very well versed in and have uh, for a very long time been fans of uh, the whole genre. I, I mean, mm-hmm. at least for me, I can speak of, I get every fighting game. I don't play any of them online. I don't really care about online and stuff. I like, you know, I like playing locals and stuff, but I just like, I just like playing as a character, doing really fun stuff that looks cool and mm-hmm. and seeing a big old win come across the screen when you like knock somebody out. That's a lot, that's just it doesn't get much funner than that. Mm-hmm. No, I I hear you. I hear you. It's it's one of the major reasons why I'm like I'm playing fighters now and just like ready or like I'm I'm fighting a friend who basically just he's just undefeatable, undefeatable, you know. So seeing that like win after like actually beating him and realizing what you're doing wrong is so satisfying. And when you so say so fighters, satisfying. you mean Dragon Ball fighters? Uh, the very one. The very one. The very one. Uh, but I was going to say, what have you been playing? You know, have you been playing any? I know you're playing Str- fighters for a little bit, Alfie. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, have I been playing? I thought you were. Yeah, I know you, you like you went on a whole thing a couple weeks ago where you got all the you got all the DLC yeah, characters. I had, you... I had all the DLCs, and then and then Gogeta came out, and I was like. I'm gonna I'm gonna get this DLC. I you're right. I had a whole fucking. I was watching videos on fighters. Um, hey, you're brushing I'm up. A, what happened? I'm a, I'm a I'm a shout out to the guy I was watching. His name is Arjun on YouTube. That's A R G I N. Um, 
super fucking like real like just really fun entertaining like he does he does a great job marketing for um the the fucking dragon ball fighters team um it looked like a lot of fun it looked very it's very flashy as he you know as you're well aware um unfortunately i didn't heed Corey's advice of getting into uh marvel vs. capcom 3 to prepare for that but you know it's all good we gonna learn now um that and then also i i was like kind of practicing some Skullgirls not too oh, long oh. ago. Okay. Okay. So so you've been pr- playing a lot of the uh the three v three kind of fighters, right? Pretty recently. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm I'm always down to pick up like DOA, specifically mm-hmm. five. It's so yeah, funny how five. I feel like with like anybody I've ever talked to about DOA, they never want to play the latest one. Like when five was the latest one, and I was playing against my uh, my coworker Josh, dude, he'd always be like, "Man, I wish this was DOA three. I wish this was DOA 4. That's my Josh impression. He talks with his fucking eyes closed. Um, he uh, he'd always be like, "Oh, dude, because in DOA three, blah 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 blah." And I was like, "Am I get like is this my future? Where like <laughs> a new gate? We're gonna be on DOA seven? I'd be like, man, DOA five with Mila, blah 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 blah, blah. and that's exactly what I've become. Well, the unfortunate thing is, is like. How many times were we playing Dead or Alive Six? And we were going, "Fuck! I wish this was DOA 5. Yeah, there's <laughs> just the some entire game. Weird, there's some weird, uncanny shit about it. And the the shitty thing is that DOA Six actually doesn't have bad netcode. It's Mm-mm. not terrible. DOA Five does. Terrible. So like, terrible yeah. netcode. We're, we're states yeah, apart. We can't, we can't even enjoy our DOA Five well, sessions. That's, that's when you have to parsec, right? That's when you basically have to parsec because the connection's so bad online, right? Mm. Yeah, the only the only weird thing is that Dead or Alive does like it went into free to play. It has like a free to play version of the game, yeah, which is like all you can download, and then you have to download all the characters through like a separate pack. You can't just buy the game, but I guess it's you know push and pull in that sense. Well, real quick, sorry to take away from yours being the first topic, Scott. But since we're talking, do you want to take the first topic? Do you want? I will. Do you want to? I want to. Because I got it pulled up. And I want to see where we go with this, man. Okay. Um, DOA 5 okay. has over $1,000 of DLC. Yeah. Oof. Well, this, this is when we're talking about Dead or Alive and we're talking about why the game fails. This is one of those reasons is that it, it, it subsists on whales. <laughs> it, it, there's only like we, we have to be in the minority of people who bought like. A handful of things oh, for, for our the, for one the character that we liked. Yeah, but there is a part of me that's like, but I don't have all the content in the game. <laughs> well, then, then, then my neck beard grows one inch that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't. I didn't get the fourteenth maid costume. <laughs> it's just a matter of like, I want everything the game has to offer. Unfortunately, all the game has to offer beyond its admittedly fun gameplay is boobies. <laughs> well, but the thing is, you get to move them, so like that's that justifies whatever you're talking like, about. You get started on that. Yeah, like, yeah. I won! I won! I'm so excited! <laughs> Wait, can you do that mid match? Is that something you could do yeah. mid match? Oh yeah! You know? Oh yeah! Oh, okay, okay. So they, okay, interesting, interesting. We may have to pick up five again. We may have to pick up five again. There's settings for the breath physics alone. Oh god. Well like oh, and they god. there's like four different settings. There's like there's like tournament mode where they're static. just static. They're just bolted on, cemented in and and they're not going anywhere. I can hear the 
yeah. They followed a DIY YouTube video on how to paste it yourself. Or <laughs> <laughs> then you can just fucking see sparks flying because the technicians are fucking welding their boobs. Oh, and then it goes, <laughs> it goes all the way up. It goes to like extreme, which is like mm -hmm. just every little movement has them, you know, careening around. But I mean, that's <laughs> that's enough movement to get them going. I mean, we're just talking about like they'll, I mean, they'll just be like, they, like, like yeah. And then also in that mode, like they can be in their idle animation. You know, they're just like doing their little bounce. And if you like move the controller, it'll like bounce exaggeratedly. Yeah, those that was called. Do you remember that was called the LR? That was what the the setting was called LR. LR. And it just oh, really? left right, in left right, independent. Oh god. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So wacky. my my question is, do you think they spent more time on that than they did some of the other features of that game? Because I mean, <laughs> more time or just that, the fact that they implemented it? Yeah, that too. That I think that's that's a big one, right? You really appease to the Reddit there with that option. You, you actually really go back behind the scenes. Day. If you actually went mm -hmm. behind the scenes and asked them, they tell you like, no, it's actually way more work to get them to not jiggle. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> they're just like they're just like two orbs just pinned on to like. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. So, so anyway, that's just what I wanted to bring up, uh, since it's you know on topic of fighting games. It's a light little intro. Um. So that was that was kind of all Alfredo had to say. Um. So. Well, I mean, what what, what, I, what did you say? I forgot what the topic was. <laughs> like, what did you even bring up? Again? Dead or alive. That was it. That was the topic. Yeah, since we're talking about dead or alive, I just okay. like I figured it'd be a quick, you know, little tidbit, and <laughs> and I, I feel like at the beginning is probably the best place we can you know set it and forget it. You know, we've said it. We've acknowledged it. And uh, because with you know DOA five has uh, has been a pretty big part of our of our fight fighting game repertoire. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what I was going to say the first time. It's such <clears throat> a shame that that game doesn't. And and I say this every time we talk about Dead or Alive, and I'm bringing it up with anybody new that I've met. Like mm -hmm. when they say if if I you know meet someone that plays fighting games, I'm I'm usually not the first to be like, oh really? Well, what game do you play? And I get all excited. Yeah. I, I kind of like, okay, cool, you play fighting games. That probably means you've touched them or whatever. I don't assume anything by that. Because I've also scared a lot of people off when you start talking frame data out of nowhere. And they're just like, bro, I like pushing Y. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I can't, they're like, dude, I can't beat, I can't beat Heihachi in Tekken 5. And at that point, you just get out. Just get out. Just, just, no. Doors, doors over there. Doors over there. <laughs> and, when we, and when we do that, we, uh. You guys help me. I can't beat Heihachi. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tekken 5 was probably my first fighting game that I played. Like, oh, man. That, I, that I played it at the arcade machine mm -hmm. and was yeah. like, holy fucking graphics. And then I got it for my PS2 and was yeah. like, what the fuck? The graphics happened. What happened to the graphics? <laughs> how, how often when you played at a, like an arcade, right? When you played Tekken at an arcade, how often did you play against somebody else at the arcade? Oh, I only I only played it in an arcade one time, and it was at oh. I was, on, I was on a cruise line that had like an arcade room, which mm -hmm. now that I think about it, is crazy. But it, anyway, um, well, like just generating that much power. <laughs> anyway, that, that arcade room, I guarantee you, is taking is taking so little amount compared. Yeah, <laughs> to the to, uh, to, to like to just the, the hallways. <laughs> To just the hallways that are always the, mar the margarita machine, yeah, the, the soft um, serve ice cream machine on the fourth deck, like heating the pool. Anyway, 
Um, no, I only played um, the one time, and I was completely like awestruck. I, was, I think I, I don't even. I think I was playing King, dude, because King is just fucking sick looking. Yeah, when you're walk, well, yeah, when you walk by that like the cabinet in an arcade, and you're looking at people, I think oh, they probably dude, pushed dude, like, Tree King, Guy, Panda. Yeah. They pushed <laughs> all Holy those. Holy shit! People. This guy's got a Jaguar head. <laughs> they pushed all those things though, like mm-hmm. to all like you know the the what, what were they called? They were called um. There was a specific name for them, uh, but like the show reels that they would play uh, while no one's playing them to get people to come in and play. Uh, like they, was, yeah. they, but they'd always have like Jack, uh, you know, King or Armor Jax. King or yeah, they'd Jax. have some crazy looking character always. You know, yeah, walloping. someone just like super badass on the side or just like in the area, right? And you're just like, wow, somebody that guy, right? Somebody's doing some crazy shit. They're doing yeah. that fucking. Crazy king, oh, yeah, dude, that's yeah, what I was thinking. Fucking dude, devil gin. Like, you see him, you just like boosh, your little kid brain just blows up. You're just like, I want to play him, I want to play devil gin. Just let me play devil gin, please. Right? Oh man, dude, no, like, because I never had that at, at an arcade. Like, I always, I always saw Tekken at arcades. I and for some reason, it was Tekken 3, it was always Tekken 3, it was never. Taking four or five, two, it was three, always three, and I never played it with anybody. I can remember standing around at the arcade machine to watch kids play it. I can remember waiting in line to play it, but no one proactively playing against me. It was always watching the computer and going like, "How? How? What stage can you get to? Like, how much yeah. tomfoolery can you overcome?" I have gone to coin op here in San Diego. Um, I think it was in North park and uh, I did play against some people and, and I won, I was playing Balrog and I was like, oh, I know street it, fighter? I, I was, yeah, it was street fighter three. I think, and you know what? It may have been street fighter two. It was one of the 2d ones. Okay. Um, but yeah, Balrog was in it. So I was like, all right, I kind of, I kind of know this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh and yeah, and I won. I beat I beat a stranger and I was like, good game, sir. All he was doing was like the fucking you know the the low kick to Hadouken to Shoryu. <laughs> it, he had a combo down, so I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> the the B and B like uh the B and B um Yeah, he's got a bread and butter, dude. He's ready for breakfast. He's ready for breakfast. He's got a bread yeah. and butter, dude. And then meanwhile, fucking you know, Balrog's there like <laughs> Uh, that's, the, that's the best is when you beat them with like the you know the charge move the specials mm-hmm. well i assure you it's like yeah i think it's <laughs> funny you mentioned that because you know i don't know like how much practice he had or like what kind of practice he um you know got in but you know the three of us we've been playing street fighter 5 since basically launch you know um and we've we've kind of played it every now and then we've you know picked it up dropped it i know Corey and i have picked it up and you know played it again and again and again and you know obviously it doesn't stick with me unfortunately because i'm just bad with meanwhile, meanwhile i game. pick up bauer and i just out of like <laughs> out of muscle you know, memory. i remember this i remember uh, this right yeah no easy dude the 60 percent damage yeah. you're just like how did it go again oh that there you go there you go but um no i wanted to touch base on um you know basically like accessibility and um you know in fighting games because buzzword <laughs> it's not a bad well, thing it's well, not I mean, a bad thing let me just say that now. it's not a bad thing you know oh, like i would love more people to get into fighting games but it seems that fighting games are struggling to find this like middle ground of like how do we introduce people to this game 
you know, how do we tell people, hey, you know, what, like, this is what you do, right? And more often than not, they'll show you like, hey, here's a basic, press this button, press that button, right? Okay, cool. And then they'll just throw you in. They'll just throw you in. And it's up to you to go, okay, let me go to training or let me go to the combo feature, right? But at games launch, like, let's say, like, let's take, excuse me, Street Fighter Five. There was no, like, you know, there was no, like, story. There was no, um, it, it lacked a lot of features. Um, I forget if it lacked, like, a, um, like a combo feature, like a combo room, it, right? It, I Might can't, not have. I can't, t- like, off the top <laughs> of my head, I can't remember what was included on the launch, but it had no Wasn't story. Wasn't it had, much. like, no arcade. It had, like, nothing. It had, it, it has such a lackluster launch. <laughs> That it's hard to it's hard to remember now, almost six years from from the release, God, how how years. poor it was. Especially <laughs> yeah. now, looking at it with with how many characters it has and how mm-hmm. crazy the roster is, and how many like it started originally with like just V Trigger, just just V Trigger. Mm-hmm. That was it. Not V Trigger Two. Not V Skill Two. Not mm-hmm. you know these. Uh, they added like a backdash, like a. a um, a V trigger backdash thing that, that allows you to turn the tie. That was like the newest thing with the season. All that stuff has been added. So, yeah, a OG Street Fighter Five was was a bare bones to say to say the least. Yeah, it it's kind of like what um launch characters. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of like the new um Guilty Gear Strive, right? In terms of like, it feels like a beta at launch. It felt just like a beta, you know, and you paid sixty bucks for that. Well, I mean, we'll right? see. And, you know, Strive still has a lot to before it comes out, and but there's certainly a lot of stuff with Strive. Looking at it from the beta, um, mm-hmm. there there's a lot of really odd things, odd choices that they've made, uh, and we've talked at length about some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the bigger ones that doesn't even really have to do with the gameplay uh, is the whole uh, lobby system in, in guilty gear strive. And, and this is like a, this is a plague that seems to worsen every generation, every year. For some reason, there's a degradation in, in the, in the lobby system of these games. You know, I think street fighter five is just all UI and does it. Okay. But boy, oh boy, guilty gear strive. I don't know what they're going for. I don't know. It's it's bad. Have you seen it, Alfie? I know you, you don't keep up to date on that stuff. Imagine, imagine a a SNES era like side scroller. Yeah, I was gonna say just like you just picture Maple Story. Any yeah, map Maple yeah, that's Story. better. I was just gonna say that's imagine it. Maple Story. That's it. Yeah, just just literally Maple Story. Yeah, I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. It's got platforms. It literally yeah. has like twelve different platforms. So uh, you choose got an a, avatar you can customize. It's 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 pretty weird. Yeah, you it's choose really a two D sprite that you can customize, and then you move them across a two D plane, and you interact with other two D sprites that are players. But there's not like so the the way these older games and, and Japanese lobbies tend to work are like either it's a UI system like Street Fighter. Or it's a literal lobby system. It's like a virtual arcade, you know, situation where there are cabinets set up in a lobby, and you mm-hmm. walk up to a cabinet and you sit yourself mm-hmm. down and you wait for somebody else to come up in the virtual space and sit down with you. That's how they normally work. This one doesn't work that way. You exist on this two D plane, 
and you walk up to other two 2D avatars and you interact with them and then you start the fight from there. So if you have too many people crowded up over you, like say, I don't know, a really big streamer for fighting games like Maximilian, dude, he everyone crowds you and it's impossible to really like choose one person to play with because you have so many people crowding you. Um, so it's a and- mess. It's a, it's a mess. It's Very it's a huge mess, so. you know. And it kind of baffles me that they went with this system because you look at another game like you know again sorry to bring this up but Dragon Ball Fighters where you just have an open arena, a lot of people can just walk in. You still have that avatar system, but you get to customize it, whatever. Um, however, if you press right trigger just wherever on the map, you can just plop a lobby right there, you know, and then it becomes a simple UI lobby, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like oh hey yeah run up to this person and you fight them, you know what 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 it becomes a UI lobby and it just, it starts to streamline the process. You get to watch, you get to queue next, you know, you get to back out, choose your teams. It's, it's pretty intuitive and I do like it, but comparing the other Arxis games that they have, um, they've all done this avatar thing. They've all gone ahead and moved around like this. And it, it is a little baffling. They would change the formula to this like weird maple story, 2d side scroller type thing. Um, I, I'm so confused by it, but, um, no, I, I think the biggest topic around it, around like Guilty Gear right now, um, and this kind of segues into what I was talking about, because um, I, I do want to talk about what they said earlier in regards of the training system, like you said, Corey, where they basically just said, hey, we think the training system's fine. It's up to you to delve into it, you mm-hmm. know, but what the information they don't give is enough, right? I think that's the biggest caveat of what people are saying right now. Um, I haven't touched the beta, so I wouldn't know, but um, from what <laughs> I'm hearing... And and let's preface that is like none of us have touched the beta. I didn't I didn't play the beta when it came out. You didn't play the beta. Alfie sure as hell didn't play the beta. So you don't know me. <laughs> did you play the beta? <laughs> Alfie sure as hell didn't play the beta. So <laughs> it's when we talk about this, we're we're talking about this not from the experience of playing it from we're just looking at the responses that were made in a survey for the beta, as well as taking what we see as not just being guilty gear. Like this is kind of the big thing too, is what we're talking about is not just guilty gear, but we're about to have a conversation that's about accessibility as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's a really a broader issue, issue or topic, however you want to discuss it. But accessibility as a whole is the buzzword that gets tossed around the industry a lot right now. It's kind of the hot ticket for when it comes to developing a fighting game. What is the accessible part of it? Um, and I and I think that it it's before we jump into it because it's a big topic. I think it's worth defining like accessibility, right? What right. do they what do they want out of accessibility? Like, what is the need from that kind of uh, adventure, right? Right, right. Um, I mean, to me, truthfully. Uh... The word accessibility, at least to me, just sounds, um, it, it more feels like we want more people to enjoy a game and to pull off whatever the, you know, the high end people pull off, you know, because um, you'll watch like Street Fighter V on ESPN like years ago and you'll be like, I want to do what that guy's doing with Chun-Li, right? But then you get into the game and it goes, okay, um, these are a lot of inputs and if you're brand new, then you're not going to master mm-hmm. this in like two seconds, you know? Um, and that's kind of where e- every developer has kind of taken their own initiative to do something different. Um, however, the common thing I'm seeing is that 
they don't teach you the fundamentals. They just teach you combo game. Okay. Go, you know? You're going a little fast because you, you skipped okay. right over the act. Because what is accessibility want, right? You, you say it's, it's this want to get new people to come in. Okay. I think you can be even defined even more for the industry, which mm-hmm. is that fighting games and accessibility is the one to draw in new people, yes. But I, I think accessibility and fighting games is more oriented towards keeping those new players around when they come. Because not just not just saying like, hey, look at this, come do it, and then they do it, and they go like, cool, bye. <laughs> like, yeah, I, d- yeah, I did yeah. what I wanted to do, and I left. What they want you to do is they want you to come in and do a cool thing, and then go like, hey, now I want to keep doing more cool stuff. Now right. I want to keep playing. the The goal of ex- of accessibility is not the initial wave of getting people involved; it's the retention of keeping people within the fighting game. Because mm-hmm. you mentioned that that you know you you could watch Street Fighter on ESPN, and there was that one year or those two years that it went to Evo, and you could, and that did a lot to push it in the terms of coverage and and legitimacy. But I think that the people that are going to do that stuff, like Chun Li, like doing a spinning bird kick in the middle of a combo is very difficult. It requires tight frame windows. It's hard to do, but do you need to make it easier to do? And I don't think that's the, an- I, don't, I don't think the answer is you do. I, in fact, I think the answer of simplicity is a, is a simple way of hitting that accessibility check mark. Mm-hmm. I think that complexity give it two seconds i think that complexity in a game has really nothing to do with accessibility truthfully Mm -hmm. i think that if you're going to put the time like like look at a game like apex legends a game that continually every season every almost every month there's new tech coming out there's new things here and there new new complex and -hmm. things that you had no idea about there's new things being discovered all the time. The game is very complex. Right. But right. at the core, you pick up, you shooty shoot, you win. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple concept. It's a very visceral thing. You pick up gun, you point and shoot. When you start to get into the minutiae, when you start to pick up all this interesting and unique and kind of unintended gameplay, I think that kind of stuff is always going to be there with a game like there's a delicate balance not even delicate but there's like there should be a very clear correlation between the time that you invest in a game and like your expected output or performance like Mm -hmm. yeah somebody who just picks up anything you know there's if if they just pick something up if the player barely picks up the game and they expect to like, you know, your first game to win, yeah. you know, a battle royale game, that's on the player. That's no, like, of course, of course. I feel like very few people are, are jaded in that sense. But the other thing about maintaining a player is that you want, you want them to feel rewarded the more that they pull something off mm-hmm. or the more time that they invest in it. So mm-hmm. if you just open it up for newbies to be like, I can also do moment 37. I recreated it. Fuck you. Your game is shit then. Like what? Here's a here's a really good point of this. Um, it, I think fighting games. I, you know, this is actually a really good way of looking at it that I'm I'm surprised that I haven't come up with until now. Mm-hmm. Fighting games is like having a 16 man roster. Okay. 
And the game, when you when you boot into it and you go to character select, every single character is like having a a a, com- a completely maxed out and buffed out Kratos in God of War. Every single character is already there, can already use all their moves, can already do everything that the character can do. And so it's already at the maximum peak of like of potential with every character. They can already do everything. But in God of War, because you don't have all these characters, it's not the same game setup. I get that. But in the same sense, though, God of War has baby steps. It teaches you incrementally how to play the game and presents you with challenges to become better at said things so that by the time you have to fight the Valkyries at the end of the game, it's not teaching you new stuff. You're mixing all that knowledge together. You're pulling around, you're swinging your ax, you're swinging your swords, you're swinging everything because you're a master of the game. The game took its entire length to teach you stuff and to help you master it. And I think fighting games have that complexity of like, well, especially like a 3v3, where now you got to learn three characters and it's hard enough to learn one. That type of stuff is complicated. But I think when you also compare it like with God of War is that people don't want the stuff at the end of the God of War game to become easier to do. That's not what you want. That's not how as a player you want to feel like the stuff at the end of the game that's super powerful and strong is super easy to do. You want a little bit of challenge with it. You want to feel like you earned it a little bit. So you're always going to have that that extension of of a uh, or you're you're always going to have that like building for complexity. People are always going to learn that stuff. Like the more complex it is, the more avenues, the more routes that you have, people are going to learn that stuff. People are going to put that in. If your game is interesting enough, and gives the players enough room to learn it all, they're going to learn it. You don't need to make it simpler. You need to make the resources to do it and to understand it a little better. Of course. That's that's just like I went on a soapbox for this, but that's like my that's my stance on it. Is like it's all it's not necessarily how the game like telling you all the moves isn't necessarily good enough. They can teach you through other means. It's just, it's a fighting game. And so it, it's like not meant for that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. So then what do you think they can do to, um, to at least improve the learning experience? You know, because again, like why I don't said, you take this one? Cause I, I'll, I'll talk <laughs> after you on this. Okay. Cause again, like I was saying, um, a lot of fighting games will end up showing you a, um, like a, like a combo system of sorts and like take you into a training room to do combos, which is, you know, obviously fine. You know, that's, kind of what i hope everyone wants to do but i don't know of a fighting game that um you know like Corey said earlier um when not when we were recording but um earlier he said like fighting games won't teach you like an okazemi you know they won't teach you what to do in like a down state they won't teach you what to do in like certain situations like it's against am- the wall it's amazing right? it's crazy mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. all of this information you have all of this knowledge you have all this lingo and vernacular mm-hmm. in the in the community and none of it makes its way into like the tutorials and the teaching in this, like, wouldn't it be crazy is if it would be crazy if a, if a game taught you how to use a meaty, right? With, right, right. If you don't know what a meaty is listening to this, a meaty hit in a fighting game means performing an attack that has a, a ton of active frames. So it's, you know, it's gonna, it's, it's, it, 
how do you even explain that without visualizing it? It has a ton of active frames. You don't know what that is. Look it up. And you use the active frames <laughs> so that it it overlaps a character's getting up animation. So like when they're down on the ground and they're standing up, you use a move that has a ton of frames in it so that it interrupts them getting up so they, they can't do anything. That's it. That is a huge part of all fighting games. It is a fundamental to playing at a high level is understanding your meaties and how to set up for them and when to use them. Mm-hmm. Not a single game explains how to do that with your moves. Nope. You don't even you don't even necessarily you don't even have to tell them what moves to use. Just tell them that those types of techniques are there that you should mm-hmm. use them. Like those types of things are are it's so simple. So to, to answer of, to answer Scott's question, then you're right. These are like a bunch of tiny, simple little things that you could teach along the way of a single player campaign. So for one, it's make it. I think maybe, and this isn't I'm not saying I have the fucking solution to it, but perhaps making the single player like experience, whether it's a story mode or the arcade or even the arcade mode, like making it conducive to instead of it just being an AI that progressively gets harder until the point of it like whooping your ass because it's beyond your skill level or instead of rewarding those weird like just mashing victories like they i think it would take somebody proactively being like hey okay so for this fight like you know you're gonna you're gonna want to take advantage of a lot of like your bread and butter and then you lock in your bread and butter you know like maybe maybe they add incentives like in this fight your fucking you know your standard combo does an extra 50% damage. So it kind of incentivizes you to use that. You know, it makes it easier, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it also, like, part of actually playing a fighting game is locking in that muscle memory, is locking in the inputs, is understanding what is happening. So I think you're going to have to, you're going to have to relay the information. You know, you're going to have to relay understanding through doing to the player. Right, right. But- um, in in a different sense of argument as well, um, it's fine if you you know again teach the player combos and how to do bread and butters, right? But if the player doesn't know how to like properly guard against most things, and that just comes with experience, right? But in the beginning, if you don't tell your player like how to do certain actions, like again the okazemis, the medis, right? Uh, like footsies, you know, you at least don't like introduce them in any capacity. Then it's fine if you know combos, but how do you get it off if you're you know, just getting no, that's what I'm saying right. is all of these all of these different techniques or all of this different lingo or all this stuff that does come through experience, mm-hmm. you in a sense kind of like prepare simulations for them throughout the story mode. Okay. Like gotcha. it's it's gradually allowing for the introduction of, you know, these techniques. Like, yeah, you can put you can put some of it right in their face. But also, I think, like, it's a 50-50 relationship with that. Like, you as a player have to want to get better. You know, like, if you pick up a fighting game and you suck at it and you're just that easily discouraged, that's not necessarily the game's fault. You kind of have to have that understanding in your head. You're probably going to suck at something the first few times, especially something competitive. No, absolutely. A good example of that is today. I went surf for the first time. I couldn't even stand up on my board. And I went into it. Like, it didn't stop me from trying to get up on it. I didn't fucking succeed. But like that was the whole point is that I'm at this experience, like I'm playing this fighting game. I'm going to suck until I get better. You know, I want to keep going, but we've 
cut in a bunch of time. We need to cut to a break and uh, and read off a few ads if we have any sponsors for the week. I might just make one up. I might I might I might shout out the show I'm watching right now, Americans from FX. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna come back after that, but I want to keep it going because there's kind of a topic about that, about what you're talking about, Alfie. There's a topic I want to talk about uh, when we come back, and it's gonna segue perfectly. All right, so we'll be right back uh, after these messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. My name's Corey Paradise. About to say Still? Alfredo. That, was, that would have been weird. I was, I was about to say Alfredo. And that would have oh, been... Okay. And then you have to play Scott or Corey. Ugh. Yeah, let's just change you know it up. Let's just, Lo, it up. let's just go back to how it was. My name's Corey Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined by... And uh, I'm Scott. Hey, all. Scott here. Shut up. <laughs> hey, Shut up. I hate you. I hate the fact you. that that isn't your intro... <laughs> Copyright. Trying to hide as much as... Copyright. I don't think he has it copyrighted. And I it's think not he, like he might. He might. And it's not... I don't think he... I don't think you'd be lying. I mean, I don't know, man. He's uh, he's a certified Chad, so I don't want to I don't want to mess with that guy. Oh, he's certified. Look now, out! Is he? Yeah. Look out for these hands. The certified <laughs> bitch. Oh uh, hey, he owns a Sega Genesis. I don't want to. I don't want to fuck with that guy. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, I'm joined to back by Scott Borstrom, Alfredo Garibay. We've been talking about fighting games, and where we left off before the break, um, we were talking a little bit. Well, I, I forgot what we were talking about. I just know that it segued really well into the discussion of whether or not um, fighting games at their core need to be PvP oriented. Because mm-hmm. I think what you were talking about was, um, oh yeah, it, it was talking about those different elements of the game. You know, te- if the game teached you, if the fighting game teached you a little bit more how to play the game, especially at the level and using the lingo and knowledge that the fighting game community has made fundamental at this point. One of the questions and one of the arguments becomes, um, especially when it comes to the AI in the fighting game, is that at some point, like, like, let's take the most egregious of them all, right? Let's take Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat, where to beat that guy and to play against him, he defies all the rules that you have to play by, i.e. he has infinite super armor and his moves go full screen and they hit you for like a quarter of your health and he takes a fraction of that normal damage you would you know he defies all of the the rules set in place and so fighting shit essentially (laughs) essentially every he's essentially every character past round two on street fighter 2 right okay so he's your so he's your six-year-old cousin's original character yeah yeah, oh, and, I and have it, a move that I can. It's a lariat across the screen, Jimmy. You <laughs> suck. Why did I beat you every time? Uh, what if he had like a tentacle move that like grabs you from like the whole screen and then does you have have like your health bar? And you look over at him, cool. and he's literally dripping snot onto your controller. He's that kid from Wind Waker. He's that kid from Wind Waker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that kid. And he follows you around, and he's got his fucking. He's like, "Look at my character." His name is Shao Kahn. Okay. (laughs) But the problem with those characters, right? The problem with Shao Kahn, and and the and the argument you hear is that those characters, those those enemies that you fight, don't prepare you for PvP environment. They don't prepare you for a player because they don't act like a player. 
it defies all the rules that you'd normally be put under. So you have to develop bad habits. You have to develop these gimmicks on how to beat them. You got to be cheap. And everybody chip. You you do, or you have to do like one move that they can't. They see like for whatever reason the the coders didn't design around. You know, like you just continually sweep. You yeah. just continually sweep. Or you or you throw them a ton, like, and they don't know how to. There, there's always that kind of stuff, and then it doesn't translate to online. It doesn't translate to PvP. Now my thing is that, like I like I said, I buy all these fighting games, but like I've been buying fighting games and playing them since. Like before there was Xbox Live, like before there was online and you literally had to go to an arcade to play against somebody or you had to have someone come over. There was no online environment. So fighting games were developed at that time a little bit more single player oriented. Like you unlocked characters, you unlocked costumes, you unlocked these, you know, there's survival and arcade and tag team and so on and so forth. And I don't think necessarily that a game should do i don't think a fighting game should always design itself in every stage so that you better against a player because i think that that's a i i guess i kind of look at that stuff and i go is that design element applied to any other gaming genre out there yes no (laughs) pokemon games Oh, right, yeah, because those trainers tell, teach you how to play against the players so yeah. well. <laughs> oh, that's what I was getting. Uh, that's what I was getting is that they don't. Yeah. Because you, exactly. like, you don't set up stealth. Yeah, I was saying you don't set up stealth rock no. against fucking anybody no, you on mashed, there. you mashed your damage move, and that's it. Congrats. You beat the story. Wow. Woohoo! Woohoo! That's what she I'm saying. So it, yeah! It, it, seems to, it seems to be a, a game design trope across the board. Mm-hmm. But in in Pokemon though you it is a, like you do have the argument that like there should be some characters that provide that challenge that isn't cheap like when you get to the battle tower and they just kind of like know what you're gonna do and they beat you that's that's cheap you don't get a lot of bad battle tower trainers that actually set up like a professional team and that's something that we've said we've you know when we talk about Pokemon games is that I wish that they would start to incorporate that stuff more. And I think that's an army you can make towards Pokemon games as well. But I w- when I was thinking about that, I was thinking more like, like, imagine if a, uh, I can't think of it now. But I, I, I just, I can't think of a game that requires the content of the single player to always apply to, pl- to PvP. Right, like games don't usually aren't made like that. They're made with PvP in mind. Like take Call of Duty. Call of Duty doesn't make the single player so that your experience from the single player translates to multiplayer perfectly. No, yeah, or, no, not at all. I was, um, no, I was no gonna go ahead that. and uh, I was gonna go ahead and say Dark Souls, but like you don't really fight other player characters, right? I, Dark Souls. I want to talk about Dark Souls when talking about all of this stuff. Uh-huh. I don't know when. Maybe now is the right time. But like, because I feel like Dark Souls has a lot of elements that all fighting games have. They don't tell you a lot about the game. They might tell you a little bit about what's going on, but they don't tell you the intricacies. There's a ton of complexity and things going on behind the scenes that if you learn, 
Go on. Um, yeah, Dark Souls has intricacies, doesn't explain much. It, and it has a lot of the stuff that like fighting games have in general. That You got to learn a lot of the stuff through playing it and the experience and wisdom of getting your ass handed to you over and 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 over again. Yeah. Like that's... Well, like- They'll they'll tell you the basics like with fighting games, right? But then everything else you do have to dive into and delve into, right? Like the poison feature, yeah. you know, all this other stuff like magic, right? Um, and yeah. obviously it's different, but the the concept is still there. But right? you know what? Let's okay. Let's look at Dark Souls and as a comparison. Yeah, it's setting very mysterious. You're yeah. dropped in. You kind of don't know what's going on, other and than the fact that you're do. a and other than the fact that you're a you're um. A degenerate. What's that fucking Undead, class where you're whatever. naked? No, the one um, you're naked, you're like yeah, worthless. Milk toast. Yeah, let's call it milk toast for now. Let's call I think milk toast. toast was actually one of the skin tones that you could yeah, select maybe. in Bloodborne. <laughs> anyway, you're the worthless one, the one with the lowest base yeah, yeah, stats, yeah. and you're garbage. Okay, that's yeah. what you know. But picture like your first time experience, and I get that this is a different genre of game, but let's look at this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's gotta be part of the gameplay, especially through your first time picking up a Dark Souls game. Any Dark Souls game is that there are so many intricacies. Is that if you're coming at it fresh, maybe you caught one dude streaming and he talked about an item mm-hmm. that's in the end game, and that's why you know about that. But you're playing through and you discover poison, or you discover some fucking shit that makes you slower, or some fucking shit that makes you faster, or you didn't know about the weight limit, and that's why your character's moving so slow, even though you just leveled up. Like, those are all things that are better left to the player discovering. Yeah. I remember playing through Neo, and the same deal. I was like, what the fuck? This armor's supposed to be way stronger. Why the fuck do I move so slow? And then I learned about the weight system, and, and, and that was dope. I was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even mad. I was like, this game's fucking hard as shit. I'm probably going to be on this level forever anyway. So that's cool that I learned it. Fighting that, games. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and, and that kind of stuff in those games. I, and this is why this is the nuance. This is a little, little sliver that I, I've thought about this, especially with Dark Souls, is that now, do you want every game you play in the 3D you know, hack and slash 3D action genre to be a Dark Souls game. No. No. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want them to be that way. You you enjoy <laughs> those nuggets of difficulty. You enjoy Dark Souls because it's you know it's a from software game. It's gonna be a certain way. You know going into it, it's going to be this challenge ambiguous <clears throat> thing that's going so to be then I, I guess the question becomes what sort of experience do you want your fighting game to be because there is no one size fits all for every fighting i, I agree game. no ab- absolutely you know? absolutely i don't think that that we're that the rules yeah. necessarily need to be reinvented so i think what i'm getting at is where do you draw the line between how far you take players and where you leave them to, you know, discover more, discover these other, like, yeah. aspects of the game. Like, so I did want to bring up. You go a, um, I did want to bring up kind of like a very similar thing between both Dark Souls and fighting games, where um, it does, you know, obviously this is a fifty-fifty, you know, style relationship, right? That you mentioned earlier, where you know there there is this frustration meter that does come with these games, you know. 
of and thankfully you know we all learned together as like a three you know three person player uh three player squad excuse me of you know we've all been blessed to communicate you know we talk about it you know and obviously you guys talk about it way more than i do but um you know you're open about what beats what what is good what is bad how to beat this how to beat that um and these games don't really tell you that you know you have to experience that on your own um so as a new player you know um and i've played with countless friend groups who just don't tell me shit right they just don't tell me nothing right where they'll just go okay yeah let's play like you know let's play like guilty gear right let's play like blaze blue or something right mop the floor don't even tell me anything right it's frustrating you know it's a very frustrating thing in both games, right? Where you just get mobbed, something's too hard, you don't want to deal with it anymore, right? And your experience is ruined, right? And I think that's that's kind of the biggest caveat of like new player frustration is they it, don't know it what absolutely doing, is. Right? I, I, it's not even like this, it, it's not even this thing is subjective to you. That is mm -hmm. an objective fact. Um, mm -hmm. One of the biggest things with fighting games is that they see a a uh, 60% decline in player base within two months of launch. That is a that is an industry standard for fighting games is that 60% of your player base will drop within the next two to four months mm -hmm. because it's a fighting game. And and one of the things that like I, it was kind of a build upon the last one, maybe I'm moving on in a subject, but or, or actually, no, this is the original thing I posted is like, does a fighting game have to be made strictly for PvP? Mm -hmm. um, and, and to maybe kind of start <clears throat> this, let you guys kind of think about this for a second. But one of the things that Guilty Gear strives beta and their commitment to like a certain uh, principle that they're that they're committed to over at Guilty Gear is the idea of playing online. You play the game online to learn the game. You play the game against people to learn and play the game. The game is intended to be played online. Mm -hmm. That is that is what it, it keeps getting reiterated from that team is the proper way to play Guilty Gear is to play it against people. And that's, again, I'm not saying at all Guilty Gear is wrong. I think Guilty Gear is the Dark Souls of fighting games. It is the it is the from software title. It is the like amb ambiguously difficult and complex game in the fighting game community, um, and so it kind of gets this pass. It can do what it wants to do, and it's going to be great because it's Guilty Gear. Um, but I just don't think that as a whole. I don't think fighting games have to strictly be PvP. And I think that mentality is kind of a, a, a deficit. I think that it's not necessarily a, a a building strategy. I don't think you build your IP with just PvP in mind. I think that's mm -hmm. called an eSport. Yeah. 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 I can see where you're coming from with that. But also, let's if we look at it, let's look at it from a business perspective as well. You know, like... Of course. What, what is going to drive not only sales, but the longevity, what's going to drive revenue and income. You know, let's say your yeah. game doesn't sell as well as you wanted to at launch. What are you going to do after the fact to get more people? Like you still need to make your money back. And then also like you with at least most fighting games that they're supported for at least five years afterwards, more or less. Right. Like it's, yeah, it's, uh, I think street fighter is actually going to come up on its sixth year. Right. Yeah, the, the big Lisa. ones, and not Lisa, not. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's not like a general swath. There's a ton of games that don't get that, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the big ones do for sure. Yeah, but like so, fighting by like fighting EX Lair. Exactly, yeah. Samurai Showdown. Oh, it's received a lot of characters. Well, um, but those are those are games that release, but like probably designed to have that originally planned to have that like year five year you know mm-hmm. roadmap but not every fighting game can do that <laughs> when you have an when you have every game is trying to go for five years not all of them are going to make it to one you know right yeah yeah i think i just think it's important to also look at like what's what's healthy like what a game company or what a development studio is going to look at is what is going to be healthiest for company you know for their intellectual property um so i get like hey this is a casual fighting game you know that's a that's a neato concept for sure and maybe maybe it can be applied successfully but i think just the very nature and and i might be falling down the traditionalist path but I think it's just the nature of fighting games or of anything where you're pitted against an opponent and that opponent has the capacity to be a human. And I, and I want to make one more point before you jump in. Um, I, I feel like that's just the nature of people and that's the nature of how activities like that come to fruition. And a really good example of that is Catherine. You guys have heard of Catherine, right? Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how of course. it accidentally became a fighting game in a sense. You know, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that actually is like the epitome of my point is, or even less, even, even that's simpler. not be competitive can become competitive like that, like Tetris. Yeah, fucking Tetris. Yeah, even simpler with shapes, right? And and I think you bring up a really good point, which is that if anything is competitive and has the capacity for a human to be in the place of a computer, you're, there's going to be competition like that. You're absolutely right. I guess my my sense of the of the is that does it need to always be PvP oriented? And I think a game that we've been talking about a lot tonight is actually eking itself more into the casual play than it does into uh, or over the past year has been eking closer to casual rather than PvP, but has been established as PvP, which is fighters. I think Dragon Ball Fighters has gone more in the sense of casual play in the last year with all of their releases than they have in its entire release. And I think that the epitome of that is the latest release is the most recent character defies all the rules of the game. It, that character is like your traditional boss character in an, in an old fighting game where you yeah. choose them and they do things that are wacky and out of control, overpowered and like mm-hmm. crazy and are not designed to be esports friendly. They're not designed to be competitive. They're just, they're designed to be a, just a game fun. play. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's designed to be fun. And it's like you beat that character against the opponent or like against a computer. You feel like you've just defeated God. You yeah. you play with that character. You feel like you're playing as God. So it's like that's just fun. And that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like that character wasn't designed for PvP. If anything, that, that character was designed for anti-esports. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. It, like that or it's it's along those lines. It's it falls into that realm of what I'm talking about. It's that mm-hmm. that having that fun with the game cuz you're a character on a screen punching things and doing crazy and wild stuff. Sometimes just doing crazy and wild stuff is fun enough. It doesn't always have to be 
Like, I guess the, the argument of like, why develop an AI in a game that is more complex and teaches you how to play the game, but it's still AI. It's not going to teach you how to play against a player. I don't think that's a very good argument for why you still shouldn't do it because the game isn't that's that to me that's narrowing down how you have to play that game and at the end of the day you can't play the game single player that's not how you're supposed to play it you're you have to play it online that's the way you play the game is against other people and i don't think because i'm just one of those people that like no matter how much you develop your game for that i'm going to be the one sitting in training mode by myself <laughs> you know just blabbing away mm-hmm. or or i'm going to be the guy inviting you in and you're going to go like what what the hell is this? I'm like, it's training mode. <laughs> Let's beat each other up endlessly. <laughs> like, and and that's kind of that's where I get the most fun out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, as as we start to wrap things up for the day, that's where I get a lot of things. The most fun out of fighting games is the training mode with your friend. Like that is bar none where I have the most fun playing the game because it takes away the sense of like win and lose. It takes away the sense of like you're doing better than me or I can't beat you or this, that, or the other, who cares? It doesn't, none of it matters anymore. And you can just practice stuff and you can go like, Hey man, give me two seconds. All right. And then you can practice your thing. And then all of a sudden you really, you start to try and incorporate certain things into, into play and you don't have to worry about not landing it. You just keep trying and doing until you do it. I love that. That's my favorite place to play a fighting game. So I just don't, I just don't think that fighting games always need to be on oriented towards PVP, but that's that's just me. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys kind of think differently on that, and like, because you're right. That's the fighting games live and die on on their online. I mean, that's just the facts. Is they'll make however much they do on sales initially and throughout its lifespan. They'll make so much on sales. They'll make infinitely more on you know dlc microtransactions Mm -hmm. costumes stages songs Mm -hmm. whatever so yeah the people who play it online the people who play it longer than a couple months are the ones who they're going to make the most of it so i think this maybe kind of circles back all the way back around which is that what you want what a company wants out of accessibility is not more sales necessarily. They want more people staying around two months, three months, four months later to buy the mm-hmm. DLCs. Mm-hmm. And I think if that's the goal is to keep people engaged with your game, making the game simpler isn't necessarily the key, but making the game engaging for three months is the key, <laughs> you know, is the key to getting that. Having, yeah. having characters like Gogeta come out first. For, yeah, the uh-huh. first one, the, like the unreleased day one DLC character is Gogeta yeah. and just yeah. ruins the Dude, game. Like forever. if Street Fighter said, "Hey guys, here's our roster," and then here's Akuma day one, right? Like fuck, dude. What's wrong with that? Well, well Akuma's notoriously just been like a huge piece uh, of shit. <laughs> Do I remember the first time I went to a tournament thinking that I could kick some ass? I go, you know, I select Balrog. And I'm up against this fucking Akuma player, and he just fucking does the same fifty, the same goddamn fifty-fifty bullshit every time with these fucking grabs. God damn it! Low T die. 
we need to do another show. We need to have another show uh, uh, in the FGC. We, but we need to just do it just on the personalities. A whole Ooh, show just on the personalities of the, S- of the FGC. Shark looking mother. <laughs> <laughs> We, we could we cover that. We could cover that the fight with him and, and that that pasty white guy. Remember that? Ooh, remember yeah, that fight? Yeah, yeah, no. That's like old school. With Alex Valle standing there in between them the whole time, bro. Yeah, that, that's a <laughs> I just got done working for charity. The rich flick like, pop off is it, most it was, iconic on there. I just got done driving an hour and a half from a charity event where I work. <laughs> Legitimately, he goes off on him, but it's like well deserved. Like, oh, yeah, because Lurch Dad's talking a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, but um, like, that's for next episode. You're gonna forget what happened here, so and you're gonna want to walk and take my dick out of your mouth. <laughs> and you're more than welcome to try again. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna be wrapping it up now. Uh, got all that's left are, are plugs for uh, for all three of us. So um. If you enjoyed what you were listening to today, enjoyed everything you heard, uh, consider you know, giving us a follow on whatever podcast you're listening, you know, podcast aggregate you're listening to this on. Head on over to YouTube, give us a subscribe. We post all the stuff up there. We also got a Twitter at Parapod Network. Um, this might, I think as we sign, what's your favorite fighting game? My favorite fighting game, I I, I think I, it has to be Dead or Alive Five or or Four. One of those two. Ooh, those are good ones. Those are good ones. Scott, where, where can people catch you this week? Oh, man. Uh, well, you can always catch me at twitch.tv slash scootywins, um, where we'll, we will be playing League of Legends. Um, we may be playing some fighting games like Dragon Ball Fighters um, with a, a good friend of mine now. His name is uh, Bromosaurus Rex. Uh, hanging out with him recently. So, you know, we'll, we'll be playing fighting games with him and our, our Motley crew of Broly abusers. <laughs> um... And uh, we'll be we'll be hanging out over there. So you can catch me there every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. What's your favorite fighting game? Oh, dude! Right now it has to be Fighters. Right now it has to be Dragon Ball Fighters. Dude, that game is so much fun right now. That game is so much fun right now. Next week, whatever fighting game you're playing, it'll be that one. It will be very fun that next week. <laughs> All right, Alfie. Where can people find you? Um, I stream every now and then on uh, Twitch.tv/MuttHardCastle. Um, I don't know what I'm going to be streaming next. I uh, I platinum Ratchet and Clank, and the net the natural move is to move on to Ratchet and Clank too. But uh, yeah, I've been feeling I've been feeling frisky for those uh, Resident Evil Five trophies. So hey, it's uh, it's worth pointing out. I know that we talked about last week the the PS3, the PSP, and those kind of uh, the, those. Yeah. Uh, what are they called? Those Retro stuff. stores, the the older stores of the PlayStation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I learned that those are not actually down. They just took them off of like live status on the consoles, but you can still access the store using a uh, Firefox uh, extension. So if you if you install the extension, you can then go back to those PSP, PS Vita, <laughs> PS3 stores and still buy games. It's wow. not they're not I, gone. I thought, they, I thought they also changed their mind as far as uh, they, they did. did. They but they, so, but they, they took did. down the stores, but they didn't take down the actual like infrastructure for it. Yeah. yeah. So you can still download them if you if you if you have to. You can. They're out there. I saw. I read that this morning. I was like, Alfie's gonna one of the gonna probably utilize that. Uh, I need to go get a two terabyte drive for the PS3 and just 
download everything I have access to while I got it. But what's your Friday Friday game? So we can. Um, oh, you know this uh, little hidden gem called Girl Fight. Uh, <laughs> Bobby, you shouldn't have said it. You shouldn't have said it, Bobby. I, it, it is one of my favorite. It might not be the favorite, but it is my favorite because it was. It's just a fighting game, and we picked up the demo. And as a joke, we bought the full game, and we had a fucking blast. Like we did. Nobody can deny that they had a blast. No, it was a fun romp. It was a fun romp. We're gonna eventually when we all can meet up again. We're gonna have like a our, our fight off to the death or whatever it is, like a like fighting game. The century. Yeah, and, 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 the century. platform fighting night. And that's gonna be the last <laughs> game. Like I'm talking GameCube. I'm talking the, the OG Xbox that I still need to send Corey. I'm talking PS3s and PS4. I'm talking. We rent out Staples Center and we just put Girl Fight on the big stage. There we go. We can run out Peco Park. Oh, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> on the Jumbo. Play it on the Jumbotron. Actually, oh, yeah. we could run out a movie theater. We could run out a movie theater. Play it on there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'd be cool. There's a huge delay on the Jumbotron.